All right, Max. Well, it's next week now. You realize that, don't yes. you? Uh, now it's next week. <laughs> it's already next week now. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, one of the things I was thinking about, Max, was um, how much power I've got at this podcast. Like, you, I've got, I, I push the buttons. You do push the I, buttons. I'm in total control. No one can stop me from pushing the buttons. Mm. Try it. Say something. Say something right now. <laughs> no one's going to hear anything like that. I'm going to push the button on it. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually an intoxicating feeling of great power, knowing that I, I'm, I'm sitting at the editing suite and I can do what I like. I can probably, I wonder if I can get some kind of AI. Maybe I've got enough of your, of your voice. You know, they're doing this now. Uh-huh. You capture somebody's voice and you can get them to say anything. Absolutely. But uh, how would you tell me from uh, my AI? Because the, the AI is still going to say nonsense. <laughs> you, you, you will not be able to tell The AI it. doesn't need to be that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is gonna I be, was listening. Is this, is this the, the computer? Is, is this Max? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting really good, though. I've listened to some stuff that uh, that Google was was trying out. Like you could book restaurants and you could speak in Chinese mm-hmm. and book a restaurant. And it was like it was just perfect. I tell you, it's actually scary. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't because know. you're not going to I'm still, know. Huh? I'm still stuck to the to, to the voice recognition because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I do have an accent. And uh, mm-hmm. every time I try to use either my car's assistant or Google Assistant, last time I tried to send a text, I inadvertently uh, declared war to South Korea. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I have, I've got a friend called Fatmir. And every time I talk and the thing is I, I, I get so bored typing on, on my phone. So I talk to Google. And if I don't check it when I send it, I send the most insulting things to people. Yep. So poor Fatmir, whenever I send him a text, it always says, hey, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he's not fat because, you know, that would have been really insulting. But uh, actually, I've got a very funny. You know, uh, you've, you, Monica, who's the um, the co-founder with me here on, on Bar Talks, mm-hmm. um, she won't mind me telling this story, but I used to run triathlons and things like that. And I mean, I was never like that good, right? I used to do it. Uh, I was actually quite good at the swimming side of it because I got, I got a lot of fat for buoyancy. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to the running side, it was, it was an effort, let me tell you. And this one time, she, uh, she came down and my kids used to come along as well. And they used to hold up chocolate bars and they used to run with me with the chocolate bar in front. So that, <laughs> that would be my incentive, right? Like your carrot. My carrot, exactly. And, uh, and so this one time they thought it would be funny. I was running. They thought it'd be funny. She wrote this big sign saying, run fatty run. And uh, the kids had the chocolate bars. So they, they saw me because obviously the event goes on a while. You've got, the, you've got the, the swim, then you've got the bike ride, and then you've got the, then you've got the, the, the running at the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm, they saw me coming down, and they were uh, 100 meters away or something. They, somebody, they saw me. So she picks up the sign. The kids get the chocolate bars, and they come running towards me uh, past the other competitors holding up the sign. <laughs> and as they're coming close to me, they start shouting, Come on, fatty, run, you fat ass. Come on. The kids are waving the chocolate bars. 
But there's this rather corpulent gentleman, obviously having a go for some charity, who's about 20 meters in front of me, because <laughs> he started before on a different wave, who's about 20 meters in front of me. And he looks at them thinking they're shouting at him. <laughs> and he wells up a little bit and he goes, and he goes in a sort of a hoarse voice, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. By the time they thought of something, he'd already kind of jogged past them in tears. So, uh, <laughs> kind of deflated the moment. Oh, God. <laughs> what are we doing here, Max? We're going to talk about. We're going to, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to talk. I'm going gonna to sit here and watch how you, 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 you stitch this one to the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that coffee and caffeine actually is very good as a performance uh, enhancing drug, mm. an illegal performance enhancing drug, I can say. Yes. So, yeah, you take cyclists, especially take black coffee uh, about an hour or so, and an espresso before they, uh, before they go on a bike ride, it actually enhances performance and, uh, oh. and cardiovascular, I believe. Or yeah, is it? True. Uh, no, actually, no, it is kind of it. No, but cacao also, good quality cacao mm -hmm. uh, enhances uh, cardiovascular performance. And I know this because I've been looking at it um, a lot recently. I've been eating a lot of chocolate recently, Max, uh, in the nature ah. of, uh, of business. And it's all expensible. That's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> If the tax man is listening to this, I need to put it in there. You know, this is all part of the research that I'm doing into, into coffee and chocolate. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and it's all going, it's all coming right off my tax bill. Oh yeah. Mm. So uh, we're going to be talking about my grinder today, and yeah. I'm not talking about the Android app. I am talking about uh, the, uh, the 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 new grinder I bought about. <laughs> when did I buy it, Max? Th three weeks ago. Something um, like that. I, I I don't know. I mean, if it's uh, it's confusing now. I think. By the time we listen to this podcast, which is obviously on, st streamed live, um, uh, we we do these podcasts two every two weeks, and we say we do them weekly, but we're lying. We do them every yeah. two weeks. So it's uh, probably by now it's what six months ago you bought it. <laughs> yeah, by the time I get around to releasing it, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, so he, Nick, by now is probably on on his uh, sixth grinder. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've been thinking about going through a whole, you know, I thought about my original plan was I would, uh, I would buy this grinder mm -hmm. and then I would sell it again uh, after a month of use. I'd, I'd eBay it or something and then buy another one yeah. and, and, and like review different grinders. Yes, But that's, what I, I, like that's what I thought with coffee machines. I own five. Yeah, this is, so, this is yeah. the problem. <laughs> This is the problem. They, they, we get used to them. We like them too much. Yeah, and also they, they don't sell as easy as, as people put it. Is that right? Well, unless you put it for uh, for for ten quid, but uh, no way. I, I don't man. know. I, when I go to the toilet, and do, I don't expel gold or gold nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll tell you what the grinder we're talking about yes. is my. Uh, is it Zenith or Zenith? Zenith. It's a Zenith, a Zenith Eureka, a Zenith Eureka E65 because it's got 65 mil flat burrs. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> this thing came. It's a little bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know, you get those. You get those moments where you have that oh shit moment <laughs> when it arrives. So I was in the kitchen with my son, and we opened it up, and he's like, "Dad, is that going to fit under the kitchen counter?" I'm like, "No, no, it is not." <laughs> And we're looking around thinking, where can I, where can I put this? Where can I grind the coffee? And, and literally it was like thinking, I could put it in the living room. I could have it in my office. This is like this. None of this is going to be very convenient because the coffee machine, the espresso machine is obviously in the kitchen. We didn't know where to put yep. it. Eventually I managed, because it's got the full size hopper on it. It's got like a full cafe sized, you know, you can put, yeah, yep. I don't know what, every two and a half kilos of coffee in there or something. Yeah. And you're actually putting uh, 12, 12 grains in it. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, I'm going to come on to that in a second because there's a very interesting scientific study about mm -hmm. the number of beans that go into the hopper and the and stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. But uh, so no, this this my my lovely uh, E65 grinder came, um, and it has changed the way I uh, uh, it has changed the way I'm making espresso for sure. Uh, I used to like my my sage grinder and mm -hmm. now of course i hate my sage grinder what was i thinking um uh i mean and, you know i've used a lot of different grinders so i kind of knew what i i kind of knew what i should be expecting um mm -hmm. mostly we were using like uh we were using the mazza jollies and and things like that but i did have a um i did have a couple of modern sort of doser uh style um sorry uh, uh, on demand uh, style grinders at the shop. Um, I can't remember the names of them, uh, honestly, but they were um, actually the Mazza was actually better. The manual, the manual Mazza was was better than the the, the fancy electronic ones. Yeah, Mazza is the Mazza is famous for that. It's still one of the staples. It's just good. Yeah, it just, they're just ugly looking, you know, old things, but. Yeah. they've made good coffee you know that was that was the main thing but this thing this eureka is consistent uh it's it's oh, it's reasonably fast it's a bit noisy but mm -hmm. i i just love it it's just so simple to set up the only thing i'd say is that you have to it's got one of those infinite um infinite adjustment knobs and so you definitely want to play around um i actually might make a little video on how to set it up because there is a there is a trick in setting it up, and you don't so you don't waste like half a kilo of beans like I did, uh, in trying to get this thing ready. So you were um, you were calibrating it with the coffee. I was calibrating it with expensive, favorite Gitega Hills coffee. Are you crazy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, yeah. I I obviously had high expectations of it would just work out the box. Didn't it? Didn't work like yeah. that at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that from, I guess about three weeks ago. So when we now, so I get in the last two podcasts that we've done, I've been using that grinder and it definitely means that I get to, I'm getting to dial in faster, which is really important. Cause I think we mentioned the last episode that, you know, you've got 225 to 250 grams of coffee beans and you've got to get that thing dialed in fast because otherwise where where we're reviewing coffee without having even dialed it in you know yeah yeah by the time you dial in you dial in you you have the last three beans you finish yeah exactly exactly uh so anyway 
that's that's the grind. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a review of that. So look forward for for that. I've done some little videos of making it, how to set it up, mm. uh, how to use it. I also ordered and got um, a a new hopper, <laughs> which is like a 250 gram hopper. So it now fits under the counter. I know it does. <laughs> Thank God. And it looks a lot nice. It looks actually really cool now. It looks really cool. Yeah. It's a beast. Beast of a grinder. And uh, you went, so, actually, well, that's, a, that's I think it's something important to mention. You forgot to mention it. Yeah. You went from uh, conical burr to flat burr. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a yeah. significant difference. Significantly more difficult to clean, yes. but a significant difference in the way the grinds come out. Absolutely. Yeah. Told ya. Yeah. Well, I know that because I had the Mazes, you know, I knew what it came out. But but the thing was, I had the Mazes combined with, you know, a commercial three group Electra machine. Yeah. Whereas over here, I was running on, I'm running on a, on a Gagier classic pro espresso machine, single boiler, which doesn't really matter because I'm only making espresso. Um, and uh and so you know the whole thing's a cheaper setup but the whole point of this podcast which is going to completely change uh, as we as as it goes on is that we're supposed to be making espressos that that like everybody else is making in the house right and so we're yes. supposed to be talking like that but what actually is happening is slowly i'm i'm spending more money yep. <laughs> pretty soon i'll have a lamazocco like linear mini or something in here um and that's, uh, uh, that's my own supposed to order for me right <laughs> i'm hoping i'm hoping just someone lamazocco is going to listen to this and they're going to say hey nick why don't we just send you one Hey, Nick and yeah. Max. Nick and Max. Mick, I mean, obviously Nick first and Max later, maybe if, if necessary. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, and and if anybody is is in doubt over our ethics, um, I know I would completely sell out. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, we have known it. We have known. We've got no scruples whatsoever about saying wonderful things about any company that wants to send us beautiful equipment. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna sell. Anyway, uh, we talked about the, we talked about everything other than the coffee. Yes. Right. So we should probably talk about the coffee because it's worth talking about. And this week we are talking about drum roll. Max, take it away. I forgot. Kind of work. <laughs> Which one is it? Ah, uh, it's not that one. Oh, oh. Here we go. Ah, Bean smitten. Seriously. Sorry. <laughs> I, I got so I got so wound up in myself. I, I forgot what we were here for. I like this coffee and I like this company. This was very nice. It took me one, two, three, four, five, six tries to get the the nuts and chocolate, but I managed to get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think I think what I did on this one is I nailed it on the first try. Then I. I twiddled some knobs and did some things differently to make it better. And I screwed it up for a while and then I got it back yeah. again. Um, well, you, you, but, you got excited that you had the knob there and you had to twiddle it. I, 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 it's a, it's a very satisfying knob to twiddle on that, uh, on that grinder, <laughs> on the grinder. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not that something, something, it's like being back at school. There's something, uh, there's something very, like German engineer, actually, I don't know who is probably Italian is Italian, but, but it's something very satisfying. You know, when you have like a cheap plastic 
rubbishy, mm. rubbishy thing. And you're like, you're interacting with that rubbishy thing. And you think, oh, should I turn it? Oh, I'm going to break it if I turn it any hard. That kind of, I hate those. This, that my grinder, it's it's just a giant lump of, I don't know, 50 kilos cast iron, never going to break. I love it. And so, yeah, so I, I often just twiddle that knob, just that that grind setting. I'll turn that around a little bit just because it's so satisfying to do it. And it's, it's a beautiful movement. Yeah. If you're into watches and you have a uh, and you have a diving watch as a bezel, and um, and uh, and so you you turn the bezel uh, in order to to give you an indication very quickly of how long you've been diving for and so therefore how much oxygen you've got left. And there's a whole cult cult cult's the wrong way, but there's a whole big discussion topic mm-hmm. around the feel of how the bezel is, whether it clicks, whether it goes one way or two ways and what the click feels like. If you're into watches, it's a big, big thing to talk about the feel of the bezel. And I kind of have that, I kind of have that, that slightly uh, unhealthy <laughs> infatuation with the the knobs on the grinders. I, I want them. I don't want to have to pull and yank and do jerky maneuvers on some of those Mazza grinders. That's the one thing I really didn't like about the Mazza grinders. You, you really had to tug. To, to change those dials mm-hmm. uh, and, and get some, and get, usually put a pole in and pull some leverage. I mean, it's just crazy. Whereas that Electra, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very fine piece of craftsmanship. Yeah. I, but- I think it's just because that, that designed for different, for different environments, because uh, the, the Mazer, once you have it, once you have it dialed, that's it. You're not going to move it again. It, well, unless you're putting different beans in, or unless the weather's changed significantly, yes, you know. But how often you, do you do it, and uh, how big are the are the changes that you do? They're much. They're, they're very than... small changes. I mean, this is the thing, though. That it works great for, and it worked great for me because I was in a in a shop doing a lot of robusta, yeah, heavily exactly. robusta. Yeah, you're not going to change the grind settings. But my mate around the corner, uh, Dennis, who was running a specialty coffee shop. Oh my God! He had um, he had that E forty three grinder from the company Malholic. Malholic. Oh God! Now I've embarrassed myself. Malholic. You look. You know the company I'm talking about. Huh? I don't know. You started. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there on that his grinder, uh, they they he would have to change it all the time. Like literally all day, like twice a day, he was fiddling wow. with it. Twice a day, minimum. Twice a day fiddling with it. Yeah. Has he gone blind he or something? It. Yeah, he has. And he yeah. had to close down. He's gone blind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back is cool. uh, Bean Smitten, Bean we Smitten. love you guys. We like this guy. Let me tell you a little bit about these guys because I like the bags. Let's talk about the bags. They come in the small paper bag that I said before I didn't like, but I like these ones because on the back of them, They've got like a little tab you open up and it's and you can reseal it. This is very nice. Um, also, also they had a lot of great information on their bags. I'm going to try and find my photo uh, of it. I'll be putting these up in any case on the on the blog post, uh, along with pictures of the coffee beans, the coffee, as they say. Yeah, coffee, coffee beans. Coffee beans. They're from Russia. I wish I could do a good... No, that's my New Jersey accent. Oh. Uh, here we go on the back. Check this out. Here's what it says. Um, 
It says, uh, uh, actually, no, it doesn't say very much. No, I'm going to, I'm mixing it up with someone else. Um, <laughs> it, says, uh, it says on the front though. Okay. No, it says, and I'll tell you what it says. I'll tell you what I liked it. I liked it because it tells you where to go for the farm information on the front. So this was actually a blend of uh, 40% Indonesian, 30% Brazilian and 30% Central American. Okay. The tasting notes, it says, are bold, chocolate, caramel, and brown sugar. And I thought to myself, ah, you know, after all this messing around with, you know, fancy, pantsy flavors and things, let's just go with a good old fashioned chocolate, caramel, sugar, espresso. Plus, it's got a sticker on the front that says, Great Taste, Two Stars, 2018. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know if he just made that up himself. But I, it sold me on it. It's like great taste. I, there's bags he sells that don't have the great taste sticker on them. But Ooh. I thought, well, <laughs> this is how marketing, the power of marketing. I'm going to go for the one with the sticker that says great taste. Of course. Yeah. It wasn't wrong. It tasted great. Yeah, it was actually very um, good. Tell me about tell me about uh, about your experience with it, Max. So um, I started. I always start with the same uh, with the same style. So I start with uh, medium medium grind, uh, eighteen grams in the double in the double basket, and I make two coffees with it. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing that sold me right away is that with this with this grind with this pour, I got tiger stripes, which was really satisfying oh. to look at. Mm hmm. Um, so I always, I always like the, the way that, how the crema looks, how the, the coffee comes out. I, I, I like that. Yeah. And this was pouring absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was a very nice, um, a very nice light and gentle coffee that way. So it wasn't very strong to, to me. It wasn't, wasn't mm -hmm. bold, but there was a, like a faint caramel and chocolate and uh, it was a not in your face taste. Uh, so I I had uh, I have a note here to try a single shot in a smaller volume, and and then when I did that, uh, I managed to get the so I've overloaded basically the 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 basket. So I went with uh with the bottomless with the twelve fourteen grams bottomless, and I've put uh, seventeen grams into it. So quite a lot because this coffee is quite fluffy when you grind it, yeah. and I got a slow pour, very uh, very nice very nice uh, looking pour. And uh, no acidity whatsoever, and uh, there was um, a nice bold grainy feeling to the to the shot. And I found the nuts and the chocolate. That's how I found them. Right, right, lovely. Yeah, I had the same thing. I mean, I I I find it very easy to get flavors out of this coffee. Yeah, I also love the texture. And by the way, we're talking about Revive, the Revive. So from Bean Smitten, this is in particular, this is the Revive um, uh, blend that they do. <clears throat> They've got a number of different blends out there. Uh, classic, contemporary blend. I might go back and I, got, I might get some more from them. But I tell you what I really liked about this. And actually, I was very, I had very high hopes when I bought this coffee because uh, just because of their website and the story that they wrote mm -hmm. about themselves. So if you go in and you take a, <clears throat> a look at the about us, it's got a picture. First of all, it's got a picture of their roaster. So, you know, they say they're roasters. It's got a picture of the guy, the owner next to his roaster and pictures of him roasting. So I kind of, now I'm feeling, yeah, this guy's roasting. Right. And sure enough on the, on the coffee bag, it has a roast date. 
which I'm always a big fan of, mm -hmm. as you know, rather than a best before date. I'm just always suspicious of best before dates. So this guy's story uh, is that the, the, the guy who founded it, Darren, uh, he was a finance executive. So you can just imagine, you look at a picture of him, he looks like a finance executive. <laughs> uh, and um, and uh, he, just, he just got fed up in 2014. He quit the rat race, hired a small workshop near Flimwell, Flimwell, Flimwell? Flimwell in East Sussex, mm -hmm. and set up Bean Sutton. And, uh, and so now he's roasting around Kent and all over the place. But here's the thing. So, okay, great. It's a picture of him, picture of his roaster. Uh, but he goes into great detail about how he gets the beans and how he chooses the beans and how they're ethically sourced. And, um, and I really like that. So he uh, goes through a company called Falcon, Falcon Speciality. Mm -hmm. So I looked up Falcon Speciality. So it's okay. He's getting from this company, Falcon. So Falcon operates, it seems, out uh, in Africa a lot. And they have, um, they're a, a sourcer of, of coffee. So if you're, if you're wanting to do any direct trade, um, if you're doing direct trade rather than buying from an importer, but you want to go out there and, and trade and buy the beans directly from the farmers, you have the opportunity then to often get better quality beans because you can go to micro lots and small collectives. Mm -hmm. uh, but not only do you have a good, an option to get better beans uh, and be more specific about the kind of um, uh, flavor profiles and, and, and plants that you're looking for, varieties that you're looking for, but you also get to, to support those communities by paying a higher price for the coffee than they would otherwise get through going uh through through an importer or through in, if they were to just sell to a um a collective like mm -hmm. so not collective, so if they were to sell to a, a local farmers association or whatever yeah. typically those prices are based on it's called the seed price or the commodity price so you're making speciality coffee but you're selling it at a commodity price and that's obviously not good for the farmers so when you're doing these direct trade arrangements then it's better for the farmer they get like significantly higher prices but it's also potentially a lot better for the roaster because they they then have they then have a lot more control um, over getting really good quality beans. But and there's a big but is that for most roasters it's just not practical to learn everything that's necessary to to go on the ground, have the relationship with the farmers, know where the farmers are at, liaise with the farmers, help out with the problems that they've got, uh, then organize the logistics, organize the shipping. It's a nightmare, right? It's a total nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so you have these companies instead that 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 do that uh, as a business. So you have these companies, and I'm guessing. I only had a quick look today. I'm guessing that that's what uh, Falcon Coffees does. And you take a look at their mission statement, and what they uh, and what they do. Um, they are. They say that they are uh, that they exist to facilitate the relationship between coffee producers and coffee roasters. And so that's that's exactly it. And then usually these 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 uh, companies um, help in the education because it becomes a win win for everybody. If a coffee farmer goes from just I pick I pick coffee beans to um, I'm learning how to separate the coffee, I'm learning how to maybe process the coffee mm -hmm. uh, in a certain way, then that education 
means that 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 those beans are worth more to the roaster so the roaster can pay them more and it becomes a win-win for everybody uh, so they'll get involved in that whole process and they'll get involved in community projects maybe helping set up washing stations maybe um, supporting communities maybe supporting uh, women employment and, and, and all that kind of stuff so it was really good to see um, being smitten uh, being very open about um, how they source their coffee uh, how they roast their coffee, uh, being very approachable. And uh, I just I just really liked everything that they had to say, basically. They also do wholesale. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, in, terms of, in terms of the flavor for me... Yeah, I, how do I, you like the coffee? <laughs> yeah, at the end of it all, uh, I, I, it was just very, very easy. I think it was probably up there amongst the easiest coffees I've had to dial in. Mm -hmm. I hit it just pretty, I think I hit it on the first, the first try. I got something really delicious. Then I messed around and made it bad again for a couple of shots. And then I went back to, to being it being good. And to be honest with you, I didn't play around much after that. I was enjoying the coffee too much to mess it up by, by trying to, to, to get something better. I was really happy with the coffee. It was a great morning coffee. It's a great morning espresso especially on Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings, I have a full English, right? Full English. Mm. So for, for our friends abroad, a full English means bacon, eggs, right? For me, scrambled eggs, crispy bacon, and a bit of toast and marmalade, right? And nothing goes what about better the sausages? with I'm not the big on sausages. I have ah. the bacon. I just have more bacon. No. But anyway, <laughs> but I tell you what I do sometimes. Uh, I will sometimes put a bit of Tabasco on the eggs, which is Ooh, which is probably fancy pants. Yeah. you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sophisticated. Uh, and with that, this really was the perfect kind of perfect kind of coffee to go with my English breakfast. I would really look forward to having uh, uh, just again those bold uh espresso flavors with a strong texture nice crema um and i and i will take two coffees with my breakfast one as an espresso because i loved the i actually really like this as an espresso mm -hmm. and then a second one as an as a as a long black because um it would just last a bit longer with my breakfast yeah yeah the, this one i think is probably one of the, the most rewarding if you want to start and 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 being pishy posh with the with, with single origin coffees and just show off a little bit because it's very difficult to to screw it up to be honest it is it's uh yeah i mean doesn't really matter how you slice it you still get a decent shot out of it uh, yeah absolutely yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at my notes, and pretty much, I, I, I really, I went around uh, up and down and sideways, and it was always pretty nice. I mean, there's uh, just a few ones that are bad, and yeah. uh, it's because uh, either I screwed up when I when I was stamping or when I was distributing the coffee because it's, it's sprayed everywhere, or uh, it's uh, just that it wasn't enough coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking to go back. I'm thinking to go back and order some more from him. Yeah, look, looking back to it, I, I so this was a period where where I had uh, way too much coffees uh, kicking around. So yeah. I wasn't paying attention to it too much. But looking at the notes, actually, this is probably better than uh, I I remember it. 
Mm -hmm. Because I was, it was one I was very happy with. Yeah. You know, most of these coffees are a medium or a lighter roast. And yeah. so it's not going to be the typical thing that you like, but I'm going to order it anyway. Cause you've had too much, uh, too much of what you want for a while. And uh, I, know, I know, I feel, I feel so sorry about it. But hey, look at that! You just said that you you're starting to like uh, chocolatey flavors, and uh, you know. Well, I, I've always liked them. I just I want a bit of variety. You're admitting I want to a bit it. variety. <laughs> and um, I had a lovely Kenyan out uh, from my from my mate Dennis around the corner in in Skopje. I had a lovely Kenyan from him. Um, and I'm thinking they've got a Kenyan here. I'm reading what it says. Let me read it to you because it'll be an anathema to you. Peach, blackberry, red grapes, honey from Kenya. Peach, blackberry, what? Red grape and honey. I mean, all of these fruits, they don't even, even if you write them in the same sentence, they don't, they don't like to be together. It sounds perfect. Oh God. Uh, (laughs) Oh wait, hold on. There's a one from, there's a single estate, Brazil. Light roast. It's a light yeah. roast, though, Mac. Uh, milk chocolate, sweet clementine, and hazelnut. What do you think? Should we get that one? That's interesting. And uh, I would really do everything in my power to get the clementine out. I, I mean, out as not extracted. <laughs> yeah. That could be a challenge. I like it. And you know, I'm going to read. I'm going to read to the audience here what he says on this page about this, because again, he goes into a lot of detail about every coffee that he sells, which is what I really like. So check out this, my Spanish pronunciation of the of the where this has come from. Ronaldo de Juanquera uh, has been growing coffee in the Carmo region, as did his father and grandfather before him. He recently acquired the 100-year-old plot at Fazenda, Fazenda de Funas farm, especially for, specifically for growing specialty coffee. The Kama mm-hmm. region and surrounding areas are blessed with perfect coffee growing conditions. There's over 7,000 farmers in this zone exporting over 1 million sacks per year. Uh, so this is what he describes. This is where the origin, under the origin, this is where this particular, um, this Brazilian bean has come from. Uh, from being smitten, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna order that for 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 next week, Max. How about that? Uh, another bean smitten one. Yeah, why not? Look, I mean, you know, I, I know it's showing favoritism, yeah, and all, but I'm being lazy. It saves me having to look up another roaster. <laughs> <laughs> and um... also, you sent me two from Brew Up, so we've done two for Brew Up, which, by the way, are very good. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, I love that line. <laughs> The, the, the Italian brand uh, blend is is something, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I had three of those this morning. That's why I'm a little bit buzzed. <laughs> I'm glad. <sighs> All I, right. So I'm um, changing him. No, no, you don't have to change me. I like everything. I'm an eclectic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like a lot of stuff. I, I like to make you right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna keep sending you light roasts from now on until you finally, until you finally give in. This is gonna be a war between where the man out his dark roast, oily Italian beans, or I went out in my lighter roast, fruity. Mm, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, we're gonna do that. I'm gonna order those. I'm gonna order those, 
Hey, Max, you know what it is? It's one hour and 10 minutes. We've done the two podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a Saturday and it's sunny outside. I don't know if you noticed. Have you looked outside the window? I have, but it, it, it's sunny, but it, it, it could be raining at any time. Yeah, so we because better get out there. We don't there. know what week this is, right? We, we don't know. <laughs> I actually, sincerely, I got halfway through. I don't know where this week went. I had a pretty packed week. I don't know where this week went, and it, it, but it just somehow it was Friday yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was relieved because um, I had a few headaches <laughs> this week. I'm selling my, my family home in Italy, and uh, it's just one after another. Are you really? Yeah. Whereabouts, whereabouts in Italy is it? Let's 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 put some advertising out. There. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I have a buyer, uh, but it's in oh, okay. uh, it's in Tuscany, uh, Siena. Oh man, that's such a beautiful place. I know. I bet it's beautiful looking as well. It is. It is. It is quite something. Very very big yeah. house, close to the city walls. It was built around uh, fourteen fifteen hundred. No. This is why you like wine, isn't it? Because you're from the Tuscany region. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm spoiled <laughs> for that. Max, listen, let's wrap it up. Yep. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I'm going to catch you on the next on the next podcast. Oh, yes. Right, See you next time. <laughs>